Good afternoon, everyone. Um, we're back again working on our challenges to voting specific to Black African American women. Um, identifying, again, common barriers to voting. Um, we have Nicole with us this afternoon. Nicole is 49 and she lives in Hall River, North Carolina. And Nicole has two children, Crystal, who is 23, and Daniel, who is 26, and also a grandchild. Welcome, Nicole. We are so happy to have you with us this afternoon. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Great. So, Nicole, I um, sent you some questions, and one of the first questions sort of uh, relegates itself around the fact that 9% of Black African American women have indicated that during the last election or a previous election, they themselves or someone in their household were told that they lacked the proper identification to vote. I'm curious if that's ever happened to you, Nicole. It has happened to me in the past. Um, I want to say probably two elections ago, um, I want to say that I had went to a location and they did ask me for my ID. I did have it. However, my address was different than what they had on their, their log. So that deterred me from um, actually doing the voting at that time. I had to go to another location um, in order to get that done. Okay. So you had to go to another location. Did you follow through at the uh, second location or the fact that, okay. Awesome. I did. I followed through. I went to the location that my address was, that was on my, my actual driver's license. I went to that location to actually do the file. I mean, the, uh, voting, sorry. Got it. So it was a matter of maybe that you had moved during that time period and had gone maybe to a different precinct or what did they yeah. say the problem was, Nicole? Well, when I went there to, let's, I believe it was the library I went to, and they said, you're no longer in that precinct, according to your driver's license. You have to go to your old one, with your driver's license affiliate with your address, which I believe ended up being at um, school, I believe. And you have to go there in order to do your voting because your license does not match their law that they had at my new address, if you would, because my driver's license did not have my new address on it. Got it. So I'm curious during that time period, you know, if you can think back and put yourself back into that moment, into that chasm of time. How did that feel at that time when you were standing there ready to vote for your candidates of choice? Um, did you did you maybe feel like it was racially motivated? Did you have a hint of that at all? Or did you genuinely feel that this was something that you had not taken care of yourself? I was frustrated. Um, I was frustrated because I stood in line for, you know, whatever amount of time. And I was frustrated. Um, racially, I didn't get that vibe. I did not get that vibe. I think they were just, you know, dotting their I's and crossing their T's saying, you can't go here because of your identification does not match. Um, but I was—I didn't feel like there was anything racially going against me at that time. Got it, thank you for adding that. So just curious from that experience to you know where we are today as far as this most previous election, 
and of course all of the education and the advocacy that went in to this election period and educating voters to go online, make sure they were registered, make sure they knew their voting or their polling place, those kinds of things. Did you use any of those uh, types of prompts that were available to people this voting period? I did not personally use any of those prompts um, because now uh, ID is not required. So I felt as though I could go to my voting uh, polls and do the voting because I didn't have, have to have an ID. I have recently moved to Hall River as well, but I was able to vote um, no matter what. So regardless of my ID, it was not required. Got it. Thank you very much for that. So the second question is, of course, 10% of black African-American women report they were incorrectly told they were not listed on voter rolls. Now, we just discussed that a little bit. Um, and so that was basically what they were saying to you during the experience we were talking about before, right? That wasn't so much that you weren't registered to vote, but that you were not on the roll for that precinct. Exactly. Yes, ma'am. Got it. Has this happened to anyone else in your family? Were family members with you when you were voting before? It's happened to my husband. Same situation. We had a recent move. The license was not updated. Um, and he went to one precinct to, to vote and he could not. He had to go to another one. So it's happened to my husband as well. Got you. And was his wait period sort of the same? That two hours, three hours, whatever it was? As far as I know, it was. Okay. I know that he had to do two different ones, so I'm thinking combining both, absolutely. Okay, got it. Thank you for that, Nicole. So 15% of Black African-American women indicate that they've had trouble finding polling places on election day. And we know that frequent changes in polling sites, of course, hurt minority voters. Have you ever had problems finding a polling station on voting day? No. Just the correct one on voting day. Yeah, I found the polling stations. I knew where to go, like where I've been previously. You know, this is going back to our, our previous questions. But no, I've actually, um, with the signs, which are very good that people put out the signs to let people know, vote here, vote here, vote there. Um, so no, not actually finding a location to vote, just finding the correct location. Okay, got it. Thank you. So, and then 10% of Black African-American women report that they have missed a registration deadline in order to vote, um, specifically during the 2016 election. Um, can you think of a time where you weren't registered to vote um, or maybe someone in your family wasn't registered to vote and missed a deadline? That's going to be years ago. Um, I've been registered to vote for, for many years here in North Carolina, um, but moving from New Jersey to this location, um, I was not registered here in North Carolina. So that was beginning. I was very young when I started voting. So I wasn't aware of what I had to do and what I didn't have to do. There was not a lot of knowledge of that for me, um, but not, not so much, you know, missing the registration for deadline now. Got it. Once I figured out how to where to go to register and, and get everything done. Got it. So, Nicole, how old were you when you first started voting? The first time you voted, do you remember? I was 19. 19, 19 years, old. years old. I was 19 years old and it was, it was building me um, to vote. It was very important. My uncle 
um, is a, a high voter. He strongly believes in it from his generation, um, providing that he, you know, fought for or, you know, whatever he had to do to vote. He's currently 82 years old. So um, he, he still tells me every time it's time to vote, he'll call me and say, did you vote? <laughs> to this day. <laughs> Got it. That's, that's awesome. And when you say he instilled that in you, and of course today that's sort of synthesized by him calling you, but are yeah. there other memories that you can remember maybe as a child growing up where um, you say he instilled that into you, sort of other memories of how he communicated the importance of voting? It was definitely a lecture. It was a, a lecture that he would give to me um, and letting me know, you know, we, we never had the right to vote. We had to do this and do that and whatever circumstances he had to go through in order to vote. Um, and he just instilled how important it was for African-Americans to put their vote out there to make any type of changes. He's also instilled in me that it's more important to vote just for presidency, to vote for other people who are, who are, are being elected for different uh, voting stuff. <laughs> Got you. Other positions, other elected positions. Yes. I understand yes, what you're sorry. saying. That's okay. That's totally fine. So I'm curious, um, this uncle, and he says, you know, that there was some point in time in his life that he can remember where he didn't have the right to vote. Mm -hmm. Do you mm -hmm. remember, um, you know, this uncle, if he ever related any experiences um, to you about, you know, sort of participating in any of the marches during the civil rights movements or a Black Panthers movement, or even a currently like current, as we know today, like Black Lives Matter, or any of those um, sort of impacts. Unfortunately, not. He's never shared those type of you know stories with me. He just told me that voting was very important, and said the reason why is because he was not able to vote as an African American growing up, and then when he got the right to vote, um, that he wanted his entire family to do it. I do know that he took my mother, forced her the first time when she turned 18 in order to vote. Um, and she insisted that my mother go as well. And he took her. And my mother told me a story the other day. He said he just kind of pushed her in the polls. And she said she had no idea what she was doing because there was nobody there to teach her. But he kind of pushed her in there. as like, go vote. <laughs> so um, and my mother thinks it's very important to do that as well. Awesome. What was it like as a child growing up in New Jersey, um, as opposed to sort of, you've sort of reared your children in North Carolina, any cultural differences when it comes to um, sort of political party identification or party association versus um, New Jersey to North Carolina that stand out to you? No, nothing that really stands out to me. I, I honestly, I, I have been voting since I was 18, but I can tell you that I've taken it more seriously since I've been here in North Carolina. Um, but I haven't seen any differences between the two voting styles for African Americans um, compared to New Jersey and, and North Carolina. Got it. Thank you for that. Well, Nicole, um, as we conclude the interview, of course, I'm going to talk a little bit about sort of the thesis behind this work. And as we understand today, the Black African-American female 
experiences more voter aversion than any other race or gender in the United States. Despite that fact, Black African American women show up to vote more than any other race or gender in the United States. Additionally, we understand from research it, that Black African American females organize better than any other race or gender in the United States. And part of my thesis work is going to be available to participants as well as other audiences as to why that is. And uh, we are likening that back to civil rights movements and the role that black African-American women played during that time period. So this concludes our interview, unless there's anything else that you might wanna add. Um, and we so appreciate you being with us this afternoon and talking through your challenges to voting and certainly identifying where sort of the personal became political for you. Yeah, um, I, I don't have much to add. I do, I do want to add when it comes to um, African-American women voting um, in my world, I, I do know that I vote for presidency more than I vote for the other underdogs, if you would, or the other people. That's when I go out. I don't understand when it says the um, the other titles for politicians. I don't know who a lot of these people are. And I think that's one of my issues of why I deter from voting on different things other than the presidency. If I had more knowledge of who whoever was that was voting, I think I would vote more often um, in the different elections that we have here in North Carolina. I just, it's just confusing to me sometimes. I don't know who is the, the superior judge or, or I'm just saying whatever. I just don't know who a lot of people are who are out here doing different things. Got it. So I think a key element that I hear you saying is not just voter education of how to vote and where to go and vote, but you feel like that one issue for Black African American women of your generation, and certainly that are in within your circle of influence, um, more education just about the electoral system, whether that's, yeah. you know, whether it's regional, state, whether it's federal positions, what are those roles? How do they impact your everyday life? And then sort of a more minutia of who are these people and how do they align with your belief system and representation? Exactly, exactly. Because when I go to vote, it has the bulletin of all Democrats. Once upon a time ago, I used to be able to hit Republican and you wouldn't have to fill all the little bubbles in or you could hit Democrat. And I would just do, you know, whichever whichever I was, which made it easy enough. But going from, from bubble to bubble to person to person and not knowing who these people are other than the president's uh, electorals, um, it's it's confusing to me. It's it, it's I don't know who I'm who I'm electing who I'm, who I'm selecting. And, so yeah, more education would be great. And so that contributes to some of your aversion when it comes to voting. Yes, yes, it does. Got it. Awesome. Nicole, thank you very much for the interview this afternoon. Um, I certainly understand what you're saying, and it certainly gives political scientists like myself more information about how to help other women and empower women. And certainly um, we want to do that. So thank you again uh, for your time this afternoon, and we certainly appreciate it.
Thank you, Ms. Thank you, and I appreciate it.